Philippians chapter 12, verses 4 through 11. And the word reads, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. May the Lord add a blessing to the hearing and the reading of this word. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, we do thank you, Lord. You are, you are the greatest. Lord, we love you so much. We thank you, Father, for the power of your word. Father, we thank you, Father, for the instruction of your word. We pray this morning that, Father, that you would speak to our hearts. Uh, Lord God, that we would be more transformed, that we would be more complete as you would have us to be. And, Father God, that we will be more empowered to do what you have called us to do in this generation. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, that when I speak, Lord, I speak your words. I speak your truth as you speak through me. Father, I give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord this morning. Today is a conclusion of our series, and we have uh, began a series entitled The Body. Uh, we started that uh, about three, four, four, actually about four weeks ago. This is the fifth week in the last installment. And so uh, we have been learning how that the body of Christ uh, is to function as one unit. Um, just by way of recap, we had spoken about, as it says in 1 Corinthians 12, 7, that everybody have a spiritual gift. And we talked about the necessity that every believer must have uh, that they are uh, to uh, be supplying to the body of Christ. The Bible says that the body of Christ grows by that which every joint supplies. All of us are important. Look at your neighbor and say, you're important. Every one of us is important. We all have something to give as it relates to the body of Christ, as it relates to our spiritual gift. So everybody has a gift. So my prayer is that throughout this series that you have been really thinking about and praying about and asking God how he can use you to help to serve the needs of the body. Today, I want to focus really on understanding your particular spiritual gifts. Now, as I said on the onset of this series, in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, it kind of outlines some of the gifts of the Spirit, and also in Romans chapter 12. And so we're going to kind of go over those, and it is, my, uh, uh, it is my conviction that the gifts that Paul outlined in 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12 is not necessarily uh, conclusive, but yet the gifts are very powerful, and the ones that he mentioned should be utilized uh, within the local church. And so as we talk about this thing of spiritual gift, one of the things that we got to understand, because all of us will encounter this in one way or another, you are generally passionate about certain things. And what I mean by that is God has wired each and every one of us a certain way. Say, for example, if you have a spiritual gift of evangelism, right? Let's say that you're passionate about evangelism. If you're not careful, you'll get frustrated at other people who don't evangelize and have the same kind of passion that you do. Amen. If you have a gift of, let's say, prophecy that God has given you insight. If other folks don't understand or or have the same passion that you do, you tend to kind of you can get a little bit upset or bothered. Well, why come? How come they don't do what I do? Or how come they're not? How come they're not? They're not involved in how come they're not ministering in this way? How come they don't really understand? And, and I don't think that it's, it's not an issue of whether or not people understand. The issue is that we are all wired a certain way. 
And the body of Christ is uniquely different. Every individual part is different. As you look at my body, every part of my body has a function. So every one of us have a particular function within the context of the body of Christ. And so, so one of the things we've got to guard against, let's say that if you have a gift to teach, you're passionate about teach. How many know that, that, that you get upset when people don't really want to learn? <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever your gifting is, you're generally more passionate about that. And sometimes the body of Christ, we get irritated. We get upset. Well, how come brother, sister, so and so don't share my same thing? If they really love God, they would <clears throat> just like this. And the reality of it is, is that it's not that they don't love God. God just wired them differently. Amen. They're just wired differently. They, they have a passion. They have a disposition but toward certain gifts. So one of the things that you struggle with if you're doing any kind of ministry, one of the things we learned is when you try to get somebody to do something that they really don't want to do and they're not good at it, a lot of times it's a struggle. But that, does, that should not divide us. It should bring us more together to realize that we're all unique. And so the question is, I want you to think about what has God told you to do? Not what has God said to what everybody else does, because I'm going to tell you, I, tell, I say this all the time, I made this say last week, if you live your Christian life based upon what other people do, you will be one frustrated Christian. You will be up and down, you'll, be, you'll lose your mind, you'll, you'll drive your head to a wall, because people will trip on you. <laughs> They're just a trip. So one of the things you've got to learn as it relates to ministry is that you've got to live for God, for God you live, for God you stand, you serve him. And so what I do is I'm doing what God tells me to do, whether everybody else want to do it or not. That's right. That's good. That's That'll save a lot of you a headache. So, so let's not, let's one of the things we want to be sure to guard against as we talk about specific gifts is that don't, don't get angry and mad if people don't share your same passion. Just say they just don't got it like I got it. <laughs> if that makes you feel better. They say they don't have it. Don't mean, don't mean you're more spiritual. It just means that they have to figure out what it is that moves them. Generally speaking, I find that people who are spiritually gifted in certain areas, you know, they, they love it. They like it. They thrive in it. They thrive. I mean, you, you put somebody who got a gift of hospitality, you put them in their element, boy, and they can just ooh, they can serve up some stuff. You ever met somebody who have a gift of hospitality? I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm hospitable. I mean, we all are called to be hospitable. Now, let me just say this on the onset because I'm all over the place. We all are called in some shape or some way to flow in all of the gifts. The gifts are not limited to. So let's just say, for example, that Brother Jaime has a particular spiritual gift. That doesn't mean that Jaime can't work and God can't use him with other spiritual gifts. So we can't hinder the gift because God gives the gift individually as he wills. So you know what that tells me? That if I'm full of the Spirit. Now, how many of you understand what being full of the Spirit means? Let me give you an analogy to help you understand. How many of you have ever been drunk before? Uh-oh. <laughs> you know, when you get drunk, uh, you know, you're controlled by that alcohol. And I used to lock up drunks. They used to tell one of the things they told me when I was in the academy. Uh, you know, in the police academy, they used to say, they'll never try to reason with a drunk. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, because when you're drunk, you do some crazy stuff. You can't figure out where your money is the next day. There's strangers around you like, who are you? Where do you come from? Because you are controlled by that. And when you're controlled by the alcohol, boy, you just, whatever that thing tells you to do, you know, what's wrong with you? God wants us to be filled with his spirit. Just like that, that we're under that we're that the spirit of God is controlling us when the spirit of God is controlling us. Watch this. This is the good part. When the spirit of God is controlling our spirits, then what happens is that we become a candidate for God to use us however he wants to use us. Whatever the gifts are, I, I, I'm one of those that believe, I say, God, use me. If, if whatever the predicament that I'm in, I'm praying and asking God to give me what I need for that moment. Amen. God, anoint me for what I need for now. 
And I believe that. So these spiritual gifts, as we talk about them, it does not mean that we put them in a box and some people are just prohibited. I think the issue is, is whether or not we are flowing in the way in, in the spirit of God and in, in the gifts of the spirit normally operates. Watch this in a person's life that is connected with God. OK, let me put it another way. That's walking right. Everybody say walking right. So your gift, you can be gifted. But if you're not flowing in the spirit, God can't really use you. He can't really use you like he can use you because because we're not listening. We're not discerning. We're not we're not flowing. And so one of the reasons why we always say be prayed up, you know, get in the spirit, do whatever you got to do. Why? Because you want to say this is an opportunity for God to use me today in whatever capacity. I want to be used by God. I don't want to be hindered. I want to be used. How many of you want to really be used by God? You know, if you're in the hospital and you got a loved one that's sick, come on, somebody say amen. amen. You want to believe God that if I lay hands on you, that God will heal him. Do you hear me? I want, you know, when I pray, when I go to the hospital and I pray over the saints, I pray that God will heal him because that's what I want to see happen. Now, I don't control the healing. I'm not the healer. See, I'm absolved from that. I don't have those kind of powers. But he is the healer, and I want him to work through me. And so I pray, God, before I get there, I'm already praying, Lord, use me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Empower me with whatever I need, whether it's a word for the moment. If somebody needs how many know that some folks just need a word? You know, a word that is that is in season is a powerful word. It can lift somebody. It can take people uh, to, to places in life and it can lift them out of the despair that they're in. You can be that person. Walk with God. Be filled with the spirit. We talked about the way that you best discover your spiritual gift is just it's just to to serve. Figure out a way. We talked about how that. At the beginning of this, of this series of messages, we talked about how the body of Christ, how the, each local church is a microcosm of the body of Christ. And that church is to function as a body. And, and, and so then our goal is to figure out how can I get involved? How can I serve this body? I mean, God don't want people sitting on the bench. Amen. I say God don't want people sitting on the bench. If you're on the bench, it's because you, you got a penalty. You got the yellow flag. You got in trouble. <laughs> well, how do you know there's grace? Everybody say grace. Amen. So he says in Romans, watch this, that we're members. I, these, this is just somewhat of a, before we get into the spiritual gift that I outlined in Corinthians 12 and Romans 12, I just want to kind of reemphasize some things as we close this series. We are members one of another, Romans 12, 26. So when one member rejoices, we all rejoice with it. Another member is going through some troubles or some sorrows. We sorrow with it. You know, what does that mean? You know, that verse says a lot. That's a power pack verse. It's a verse that really signifies interpersonal relationships. Meaning, now watch this. I want you to understand what I'm saying. If we are going to be a true body as God wants us to be, how many know that And we gave this analogy before that if one part of my body is affected, it affects the whole body. We need to be people, listen to what I'm saying, that think about how my actions can affect the body of Christ. You know, one of the things that the devil does is he tells us that, you know, that you can you can do this sin and nobody would know. How many did the devil ever whisper that to? I'm just saying. I ain't gonna try to call nobody out. We just, I mean, we just see what we like. We like to do. We just like to put the devil on notice. Amen. Because I mean, he lies. How many know there is no secret sin? I said there is no secret sin. But the devil wants to try to make us somehow think that we can kind of get away with stuff, and it's not going to affect anybody else. Let me tell you something. The Bible said. The Bible said it this way. God is not mocked. In Galatians 6, 9, whatsoever man sows, that will he what? You're going to reap it. Because if we didn't reap it, then God would be mocked. God would be not true. There's a principle in the earth. And so I need to think about, as it relates to the body, that 
that my actions can not only affect my family, it can affect my career, it can affect things on my job. My action can affect the church. How many know as a pastor that I can do some stupid stuff and, and then whatever I do will have an reflection on you? Then you, then you used to go to that church. Then you went there. I thought I saw you there. Then you'd be like Peter. I don't know Pastor Bailey. I never knew him. <laughs> you know, Peter denied the Lord. That's how you be, you know. Pastor Bailey, you know, he get in trouble. The headlines, Pastor, Pastor, you know. Well, I, I went there, but I didn't go last Sunday. <laughs> you know, I, I know because you, you be trying to distance yourself from that. Because, you know, because what I do affect you. What we do affect one another. The places I go affect you. Who I talk to, who I run with. The Bible says bad company corrupts what? Good moral. Who I hang out with, the decisions that I make have an effect on every one of us. Right? Because we're tied together. I was thinking about, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking how that sometimes it's so easy for us to absolve ourselves of certain things because we don't feel like it. We all, how many of you just sometimes don't feel like it? Amen. I all the time don't feel like it. But you know what? I thought about this. I thought, you know, Sister April, I'll just use it for example because we know about the party. Uh, let's just say that I don't, I haven't, uh, you know, she called and said she had a tooth pull and she took some Percocet, and, you know, and all this. But I'd imagine, I'm just thinking out loud, that suppose she worked real hard. I'm thinking that she probably worked real hard to get that house ready. Clean it, scrub it, vacuuming, cooking, preparing, just working her tail off because she wants to see you. Amen. And you say, well, it's my only day. I'm going to stay here and I'm going to relax and get me some sleep. I'm going to get me some me time today. <laughs> Everybody need me time, amen? <laughs> but let me say this. All I'm trying to get you to think of, how would you think that would make her feel? I'm just trying to get you to think that we got to think about the decisions that we make. What kind of effect will they have on everybody else and the body? Because we have... Sister Naomi said this long, and, I, and it still rings out in my heart. She said one time God spoke to her, you better respect my people. Let me tell you something. If you don't love God or treat his people right, you don't love God. You can say what you want. You can, you can pump me all the Bible verses. You can give me all. You can give me Bible verses. You can be a profound teacher. You can be a Ph.D. You can have it all. But if you don't love God's people, you don't love God. If I don't treat you right, because I mean, no, God hurts. If some other believer, if I say something to one believer and that believer goes and sit and they crying before God, I mean, no, God's going to hold me accountable. And folks always want to try to tell her, well, you know what, well, I, can, I can just say God, me and God. You and God ain't all right if your brothers ain't all right. You know why? Because he meant us to be tied together. Jesus, I pray that they will be one. And when we're one, it's like my body, every part of it it, 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 it talks to every part. Every part of me is aware of me. Think about what God can do in a body that functions that way. So if we're believers that are going to function as the body that God wants us to function, like the body that we're supposed to be, then how many know we need to think about what decision do we make? Paul said it this way in Corinthians, don't let the grace that have been given you be a stumbling block to somebody else. How many know that sometimes people can, can make you backslide if you ain't filled with the spirit? <laughs> uh, y'all ain't talking. Somebody ain't praying with me. Listen, people will make you backslide if you ain't filled with the spirit. I mean, God's people are hard to deal with. Y'all are hard to deal with. And I'm sure y'all say, bastard, hard. Okay, I'll take that hit. I know I have my own set of issues. Hallelujah. 
but you just better be praying for me. You're talking about me. You better be praying for me. Hallelujah. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter number 12. Let's look at some of these individual gifts. We're not going to cover everyone. Uh, we'll just kind of talk about them a little bit. Now, here's what I want you to be thinking as we go through this. I want you to be praying and asking God how he can use you. I want to see, and I believe this by the Holy Spirit, that everybody is contributing. I love to hear people that, you know, I, I was speaking with, uh, you know, Brother, brother uh, um, Roland the other day. A couple of times I asked Brother Every time I asked him something, he always say, whatever you need. Whatever you need. I say, man, can you have it? Whatever you need. I'm like, one day they're going to get their brother to say, no, I can't do that. <laughs> but every time I ask him, whatever you need. That's, that's how you find out where you are in God. Amen. When, when you just have an attitude, somebody asks you, you know what? I, I, you know, like you know, many of us say, you know, here's what we say a lot of times, that ain't my gift. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm preaching better than y'all looking at this morning. <laughs> you know, brother, can you help me out? You know, whenever we don't want to do something, you know what we always say? Y'all know what we say. You know what? We Christians are real good at that. Whenever we don't want to do something, what do we say? Yeah, come on, say it again. Let me pray about it. Well, it's a love one another. Let me pray about that. This is a different situation, you know. <laughs> you know, whatever it is that we don't want to do, Lord, let me pray about it. What we're really saying is I really don't, and I just need to buy me some time <laughs> to tell you no. <laughs> oh, God. Y'all didn't know I had a prophetic gift. That's one of the gifts I am. Yeah. Okay. Y'all don't want to have fun. I don't want to play. Okay. All right. The word of wisdom. All right. And, and look at verse number eight. He said, for to one, and we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, is given the word of wisdom through the spirit to another word of knowledge through the spirit. So let's look at the word of wisdom. Um, this is an incredible gift in the body of Christ. You know, the Bible says concerning Solomon, and you will find the story of Solomon for time's sake. I, I can't read it because it would just take a while. Turn, just turn to 1 Kings chapter number 3, verse 24 and 28, real quick. The Bible says that God said that he was going to make Solomon the wisest man that ever lived. Now, how many know that when you get that kind of declaration from God, I mean, <laughs> that's pretty good. You're pretty high up there on the list. And why did God offer Solomon this? He offered, he, he said that he will give Solomon this kind of wisdom because Solomon said, Lord, I just want to know how I can best serve your people. Wow. Think about that. Did you hear that? The spirit of God just dropped it in my spirit. Solomon found out his gift because his heart was, I just want to serve. What did Solomon say? He said, Lord, y'all know what he prayed. Y'all know what he prayed. He's going to back up what I just said. He said, Lord, Give me wisdom. He said, Lord, give me the ability to be able to, to, to take care and to lead this people. Solomon, the, and the Lord said to Solomon, he said, well, Solomon, because you didn't ask for money, you didn't ask for riches, you didn't ask for anything for yourself. Not only am I going to give you that, but I'm going to make you the wisest man that ever walked the planet. Because he had a service heart. How many of you really want to walk with God? So here he is. He got a situation. I'll just give you a backdrop. He has a situation. Two women have a baby about the same time. Two women have a baby. And and one of the ladies, the baby died. So the lady who realized that her baby died, she gets up in the middle of the night, realizes her baby dead. So she says, okay, I'm going to do a swap. Okay? So she goes and swap and take the other other lady's baby, which is living, and then put the dead baby beside her. She gets up in the morning and she starts making these complaints. The lady who had the live baby, she wakes up and she realizes that this dead baby, it ain't her baby. So she says, this is not my baby. And and so they take this to Solomon. So both these ladies are standing before Solomon, both of them claiming that that, that the live baby belonged to them. And the dead baby is, you know, neither of theirs. It was one of them, but one person was lying. Now, what is Solomon going to do with a situation like that? He's not a witness. He's not there. He didn't really see what happened. But see how the spirit of wisdom worked. What? Look, at verse number, look at verse number 24 in 1 Kings, chapter number 3. Are you there? Amen. Then the king said, bring me a sword. 
Now, if I'm standing there, I'd be like, okay, what are you going to do? What does it got to do with a sword? Really? Bring a sword? Really? <laughs> I'm telling you that there's some stuff going on. And you want to bring a sword? What, what's wrong with you? You're not making sense. So they brought a sword before the king. And the king said, divide the living child in two and give half to one and half to the other. Wow. You look at that, no human being can come up with that kind of wisdom. Not like that. I mean, because I've been trying to figure out, I'd be saying, I look, if that was me, I'd be saying, do we have any witnesses? Then can somebody go check and do a canvas? Talk to some people, try to figure out, because, you know. Solomon said, Solomon said, bring me a sword and, 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 and split, split them up, split the baby up. The one that's living gets to go ahead and divide it. Oh, he's talking about some wisdom. What did he say? Watch this. And, and the one whose son it was, verse 26, whose son was living, spoke to the king, for she yearned with compassion for her son. And she said, oh, my Lord, give her the living child and by no means kill him. I even know the real mother was speaking up now. But the other said, let them be neither mine nor yours, but divide them. Demonic. So the king answered and said, give the first woman the living child and by no means kill him. She is the mother. A spirit of wisdom. So how I many know we need that in the body of Christ? People that have the gift of a spirit of wisdom, they are generally very practical. I got one guy I talked to, uh, one elder of another church I talked to yesterday. We, we've known each other for many years. But, but as a young believer, I, every time I have something and I got to make some decision, I always call him because we worked together in, in like 20-some years. And every time I, I want to talk, I want wisdom. Uh, I call him up because he has that gift. You know, some people just, they just spit out wisdom and they don't have to go home and pray about it. God just dump it in them because they just flow in it. That's a gift. The spirit of wisdom. So these folks are generally very, very practical people. They're good at resolving conflict. I mean, notice Solomon, <laughs> this was some pretty good wisdom. This was divine wisdom. And I believe that God would give that. That's one of the gifts that he gives to the body. So maybe you feel, maybe you're one of those kind of persons. Second one, the word of knowledge. He said, the word of knowledge. This is someone that can receive a word of knowledge. Or, I'm sorry, this is a person that... Um, have the power to communicate a word that's been divinely revealed. Um, how many know that, i give you a good example of that. You remember the story of Ananias and Sapphira? You know, they were lying. They went back and they sold a piece of property and they said that they, everybody else would bring, you know, the God, you know, when the spirit of God is moving, you never want to get in the way, by the way. You get in trouble when the spirit of God is moving and you, you get in the way, you get run over. The spirit of God was moving so powerfully that everybody was selling that stuff and they were bringing it. There was a spirit of truth. The spirit of God was moving. And here come Ananias and Sapphira. They sold their own stuff. Sold their own stuff. I mean, it was theirs. They could do whatever they wanted to do with it. But they came and sold it and said, we brought all of it to you. But they didn't really bring all of it. They kept some of it. And uh, who was it? Peter said, uh, he says, oh, whoa, 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 wait a minute. He said, why does Satan tempt you to lie to the Holy Ghost? How did he know that? How did Peter know that they did that? God just gave him a word of knowledge, revelation. I believe this same gift also applies to people that can take the word of God and give profound insights out of it. You ever met somebody like that? I hope y'all say, yeah, you pastor. Okay, but no. Okay, wishful thinking. Um, Go home and sob. But these are people that can take the word of God and, 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 and they can take a word that we read all the time and they can take some profound truths out of it. Amen. That they can speak to us like, wow, I never saw that. Wow. A word of knowledge. One of the spiritual gifts that God gives to the body. Faith. Now, we talk about faith. He's talking here in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Verse, he talks about faith. It's not the same kind of faith that we get when we first get saved. But this is kind of faith, a mountain moving faith. The Bible said concerning, watch this, concerning uh, Stephen. You know about Stephen, one of the first deacons? 
in Acts chapter 6, the Bible said that Stephen, Acts 6.10, that Stephen was a man that was full of power and full of the spirit. Full of faith, I'm sorry, and full of the spirit of God. In fact, when Stephen spoke, they got so mad at him, they killed him because they couldn't resist the wisdom that was coming up out of his mouth. Because he was anointed. Everybody say anointed. You can be just as anointed. God can use you just like he used Stephen. The Bible says Stephen was full of faith. He was, he was full of power. People who have this gift are people that just believe God for anything. They ever met somebody like that and no matter what they're going, they just have faith. I mean, every, every time you come around them, well, just faith, just oof. They just feel like, you know, they just, they're always up here. I got one brother, every time I see him, he always, I've known him for years, every time I get around him, I mean, it's no matter what he's going, his kids could be acting up, jacked up, he just believe in God. And, and no matter what I'm going through, I'm like, listen, brother, I mean, he just encouraged me. And every, so when I need the brother to encourage me in faith, you know what I'm talking about, I call up brother, I call up Bishop Trailwell, so bit talk. And for years, before he was that, he was just, he just preaching. I'm like, man, he's from Michigan, by the way. I just thought I'd throw that in there. Come from Michigan, but just full of faith. I mean, every, I mean, how many know we need this in the body? We need some. We need some. We need some Joshua generation, Caleb's. Let's say, hey, we can go take this. How many know I don't like be around people that just don't believe stuff? How many know I want to walk on water? I want to walk on water now. I want to. I want. Come on, give me some. I want to walk on water now. I, I mean, give me some folk with some faith. Jesus, I have faith in God. Yes. Say this mountain, move, it's going to move. Yes. I mean, no, we need that gift in the body. We got people like that. We are not shun them and say, well, we, you know, somebody speak like that. We, you know, some people who are negative. Well, you know what? That, well, that don't mean God's going to do it. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't believe, then don't believe. Yes. Just keep your unbelief to yourself. But if somebody else want to come and preach some faith, I'm all ears. Talk to me. There's enough bad news around here. Hallelujah. I don't need to be hearing all that stuff. I come into church. I want to hear some faith. I want to do something crazy. Do something. I mean, no, if it's of God, generally, it's going to be crazy anyway. It's going to stretch you. You have to walk on some thin, you know, you just got to walk. Hallelujah. Gifts of healing. It's another gift that God has in the body. And some folks believe that God ain't really healing like that nowadays. You know, okay, that's cool. Believe that. But he said this is one of the spiritual gifts, the gift of healing. Some folk have this gift that they just pray with people, and just about every time they pray, people just get healed. It's just, and why is that? Because God just decided to anoint them. And God just decided to bless them that way. You ever met somebody that's, a, uh, you ever met a, a serious prayer warrior, somebody that really know how to pray? Amen. Boy, I mean, there are people that pray, but you get somebody who got a gift of prayer who really knows how to pray, boy, they'll turn this place upside down. Amen. I mean, they'll have you up, boy, you'd be floating. <laughs> if you're quiet, you'd be screaming. Because they have, it's just a gift. So there has to be faith. Remember we said before, there has to be faith for the gifts. So there has to be faith. It's a gift of healing. So we, we need to listen to this. Instead of, I'm, all, I'm grateful for the doctors. Come on, can we be grateful for the doctors? Amen. See, I believe God used doctors to heal too. I'm not one of those crazy, but, but, but this is talking about something supernatural. So my thing is, I think we need to do more of this. Why don't we start doing more of, hey, brother, I know you're sick, you got a problem, but let me pray. Why don't, look, why don't many of us just go to Brother Larry's arm and just, and just pray over it every day until we see healing? Yeah. Nobody say you have to stay in that condition. Do you believe God can heal him? Yeah. Can, God, can God put him right back the way he was and better? Yeah. Then let's act like it. Well, God might not. Be quiet. Why do we always got to throw that what God might not stuff? Okay, we understand that, but just, just believe God. Here's what I do know about God. God is moved by faith. I know that much. I don't know a lot of things, but I know one thing that gets his attention, faith. You remember that woman who had that issue for 12 years? And, and, and she pressed through the crowd. And there was a lot of people pressing on Jesus. 
And this woman pressed through the crowd. And just like everybody else was touching, she touched him. And Jesus stopped. He said, who touched me? Who, who was that? No, 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 no. This wasn't a regular touch. <laughs> Let me go over here. This wasn't a regular touch. You hear me say amen. amen? This woman touched him with faith. And when you touch him with faith, that'll move God. You want, you want God. you want God to do something on your head? Just walk in faith. Some of you right now, you, 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 you believe in God. You're in a situation. Just keep proclaiming his word. Keep believing. Keep believing. Keep believing. Don't look at his circumstances. I'm going to keep believing. Keep believing. Keep believing. Keep believing. Keep believing. Keep believing. Jesus said, when I come back, will I find faith on the earth? I don't think God's going to penalize me for believing in him. So why hold back? Let's believe him. Come on, look at neighbor. Say, believe him. Working of miracles, he mentions here. <sighs> we only got a few minutes. Working of miracles. This is not the kind of miracles. This is the kind of manifestation uh, that, is, that goes beyond the ordinary course of natural law. Can anybody think of some miracles in the word? How many know you turn the water into wine? That's a miracle. How many know if you feed 5,000 people with Two fish, five loaves. That's called a what? A miracle. <laughs> you read pe- raised people from the dead. How many know that's a what? A How many of you believe that God can use your hand to raise somebody from the dead? I just want to let you that, that simmer for a little bit. Because most of us don't believe that. We say it, but we don't really, really believe that. You know, I'm kind of crazy, but, you know, every time I go to a funeral, sometimes I just wonder. I look at them. I, I, I do contemplate, Lord, is this the time? I just ask the question. I do. Every time I go to one, that's why I'm, I'm sitting like, Lord, what do you want to do? <laughs> I'm here. Amen. He did it through them. Why can't he do it through me? Why can't he do it? Listen, these are gifts we have in the body. Let me tell you something. If people see that and they're a bunch of unbelievers, they just might believe. They just might believe. Gift of him, working of miracles. I mean, no, the church needs to get back to that place. You know, as Jesus comes back, there's going to be a whole lot of stuff going on. There are demonic signs that counterfeit themselves. The Bible says even, even Satan himself, he, 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 he presents himself like an angel of light. So do you know that there are demonic miracles just as well as there is God miracles? See, that's how some folk can get tripped up because they think every miracle and every supernatural thing is God. I mean, no, the devil is supernatural. And he can do some stuff. That's why you got to be rooted. The only thing that's going to shield you and protect you is this. This is the boundaries. Because you get outside of this, you get towed up. Oh, that looks right to me. Yeah, that got to be of God. You go back and you read and... uh, in the Exodus, when God got ready to deliver, you know, Pharaoh's magician, they were doing a lot of tricks, too. <laughs> but God prevailed because, <laughs> you know, he is God. He is Lord. He is supernatural. He is all powerful. There's, he is undefeated. He is awesome. He is glorious. He is splendid. He is omnipotent. He rules. He reigns. Everything got to bow to him. Everything. So if you're a Christian, you ought to be living like the sky's the limit. Oh, gosh, I'm taking it. I'm going to leave in God for anything and everything. Hallelujah. I tell you what, I'm just believing. I'm, look, we've got to do a move. I'm going to leave in God for some great things. Walk by faith, not by sight. Discerning, let's look at discerning the spirits. You're discerning the spirits. That's one of the spiritual gifts God's given the body. You remember Peter in Matthew chapter 16, verses 21 and 23. You remember Peter, Jesus looked at him and said, get thee behind me, Satan. What was Jesus doing? He was discerning that there was something else. A person has this gift. I'm going to tell you something. I'm not bragging. I just, that's one of the gifts. People that have a discernment gift, they generally have sensitive souls. That's one of my gifts. I'm just... I can discern things. I can say, people say, hey, how, I can say, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. 
and the spirit of God had to show me, no, they're not. This has been my whole Christian experience. A spirit of discernment. How many know we need to discern between what is right and what is wrong? How many know we need that gift in the body? Because all kind of people walk in, all kind of people got a lot of stuff, and you need the gift of discernment. That's a gift that is ours. So a person that has that gift, they're generally people that are, that, that, that are thinkers, they analyze stuff, and, and, and they have this ability that God has given them where they just they can look beyond the surface and see into the spirit world and say, oh, 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 that ain't what, no, 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 that's wrong. Where people who are not really grounded, they can see no difference. It look all right to me. But you get a person that got a gift of discernment, they can see stuff be like, mm-mm. but, 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 no, mm-mm. Mm-mm. something's missing. I don't know what it is. Something's missing. That's a gift that God's given to the body to help protect the body. Because I mean, there is a bunch of evil spirits out there. And they like to hang out in the church. I said they like to hang out in the church. Now, and, and can we get, uh, can, you, can I get seven more minutes? Yeah. All right, just seven minutes. All right, I'm going to try to do this as quick as I can, because I can't go over this. I knew, I knew this was going to happen, because y'all make me have too much fun up here, and then I just, <laughs> it's y'all's fault. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, verses 27, 28. Now, he talks about, uh, now you are, look at verse number 27 in ch- chapter 12. Now, you are uh, the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles. Now we talked about this thing of apostleship. We, there are no more apostles today as it relates to scripture. We don't believe that. Me personally, my personal conviction is the word apostles should not be used today. That's my personal conviction because I think it's confusing. When somebody says they're an apostle, I think it sends the wrong message. Now I know it's here in the Bible and that's fine. And people can, can use it, but, if, but I hope they... And most people that I do know that use that term, they, they understand that it's not the same. I hope uh, they don't have the same kind of authority. No, that, you know, as the Apostle Paul and all those who, you know, they don't have that kind of authority. We don't have those apostles today. That's done. Everybody can agree on that. It's true whether you agree on it or not. Prophets, teachers. He talks here about teachers. This is a person who you know, people who have the gift of a teacher. Uh, you know, every time we turn around, they're just in the word and they're always trying to talk to somebody about the word. These are people who have gifts, man. They just love. They just love it. They're just hanging this word all day long and, and they want to get you in the corner and they want to tell you what the word says because they just love to teach. Amen. Every time we talk to them, they're just teaching. 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 I mean, that's a gift. The gift God gives to the body. Uh, he talks about uh, helps, the gifts of helps. Um, that's just a person that, uh, that just generally likes to serve in every area. That's kind of like the, those who are deacons. They are trusted with the material affairs of the church. These are people that they just love to serve. Whatever you ask them to do, they just want to do it. And whatever you ask them to do, they can do it. And they can do it well. It's a gift of health. Administration. I kind of studied this administration in the Greek. And, it, and it's, a, it's a, actually a leadership gift. But it has to do with uh, the Greek meaning of it is to pilot a ship. That's what that uh, Greek meaning of, of uh, administrate. This is a person that has a gift of leadership that can administrate, that can help lead people. Uh, I, got, I still got another three minutes or so. Turn to uh, Romans chapter number 12 real quick. All right. Now, y'all know there's a difference between a pastoral seven minutes and, uh, you know, the regular seven minutes. I didn't tell y'all that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're going, to, we're going to try to do this quick. So just a couple of gifts. He talks about there in Romans chapter number 12. Look at verses 4 through 8. I think she have it up there on the screen for you. Uh, for, um, for as we have many members in the body. I like how you keep saying that. Uh, but all members do not have the same what? Function. So we're being many are the body of Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gift different according to the grace that is given to us, let us... Use them if prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith or ministry. Ministry just has to do with, with serving. Uh, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches, and we talked about that, and he who exhorts, uh, um, exhorts, uh, he, I'm sorry, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with pilferness. So a, a, a person that has a, a gift of exhortation, most you will find those folks are pastors and teachers. Many of them have that gift. 
because they have to be able to call. Exhortation has to do with calling people to obedience. Um, it has to do with lifting people up, inspiring them. You remember a few weeks ago, actually, uh, spontaneously, uh, Sister April came up here and she just exhorted us. She just encouraged us, you know. And, uh, and the person that have, a, uh, have this gift is they're just good at just lifting people up. They're just good encouragers. I would say Barnabas in the Bible was like that. The word Barnabas means an encourager. Barnabas was like that. Uh, also a giver. He who gives is another one in spiritual gift. This is a person that don't just give. Remember, all of us are supposed to function in some shape or form in these gifts, but these are people that are kind of gifted in, in supernatural ways. Um, the sacrificing, uh, sacrificial sharing and giving of one's own resources to meet the needs of others. This is a person that loves to give. This is a person that you never have to stand up here and, 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 and tell them, say, yay. They, 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 they already like that before they even get here. This is how they live. They give their money. They give their time. They're just givers. You ever, you ever met a person who have that gift? They're everything about their life, they just give. They give, away, they give away everything. They're just givers, givers, givers. In fact, I, I know one brother. <laughs> I won't say his name. But I know one brother who loves to give. And when this brother gives, he gives. I'll introduce you to him one day because uh, he blessed you. He blessed me with something real nice. Um, this real nice Dallas Cowboy leather jacket. And it's premium leather. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He blessed him. But, you know, this brother, he was always always telling me, he always said, I just love to give. I love. And he did. Every time he gave gave some to somebody, you know how he was like? It was like, you know, I never did drugs like that and crack and all that. But, but, you know, it's like he would give and then he just wanted to see your expression. He give to you and he just kind of sit there (laughs) and And he would just, he would just blow, he just loved it. So every time he got up, whenever, and he would walk around and listen, he would listen for people who had a need. He would listen, oh, uh-huh. That's it, how I many know we need that gift in the body? And he would just, <laughs> brother say, amen, hallelujah. God, some of you might have that gift. You just love to give. My exhortation, I'm going to exhort you to step on up. I'm going to use my gift to exhort you. If you got a gift to give, step on up, Hallelujah. Then lastly, let's look at mercy. He talks about mercy. This is a person who has the supernatural capacity and talent to aid those who are in distress. You know, this is the kind of person that when everybody else is ready to say, you know, God's done with them, this is the person who says, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. They're just always ready to show a little bit of mercy. So now all of us are called to show mercy. But this is the person that goes beyond that. That, that they just, they'll go, like me, I go to hospitals, but I don't really like hospitals. If any one of you go to hospital, I'll come, I'll show up. But I'm going to tell you right now, I, I don't go to hospital like real happy. I just don't. I'm sorry, pray for me. But I love you so much, I'm coming. And I'm going to pray for you. But there are some people that just love it. You put them in it, because they just love, they can sense, they, they feel people's pain. You know, that's one of Jill Bell's gifts. She may not know it yet, but she's like that, a sensitive soul, very sensitive soul. Just, just, just show mercy all the time. When everybody else saying, get rid of them, throw them out, done. Everybody else mad, looking at me, struggling. You got to pray real hard. This person has a gift of mercy. They jump right in. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. God, there's a chance. I mean, no, we do need that in the body. We do. We need that. Because some people, boy, they, they know how to max up their mercy card, don't they? <laughs> some of us can max that bad boy up pretty good. In conclusion, everybody say conclusion. First Corinthians chapter 13. Now, we know we've been talking about spiritual gifts. We didn't cover every one of them listed there. But, but you know, here, here's, here's how we'll close this, this series. I like how Paul does this. Because, you know, the Corinthian church, they were zealous for spiritual gifts, but they were a little bit out of order. And Paul had to come in and kind of bring some order to them. But listen to what he says in closing. He said, though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but I have not, but not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clinging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy, oh, I'm prophetic. God has given me the prophetic anointing. And I understand all mysteries. Brother, I can just tell you all about the stuff in the word of God. Boy, you give me a word, I can just preach it to you. I can give it to you. He said, you got all knowledge. And though I have all faith, I mean mountain-moving faith, listen to what he says, so that I can remove mountain but have love, I am nothing. You see what he's saying there? 
it is, it's a, if Paul is, is seeing that we are, we're going to have problems sometimes with the way we process these gifts, but he's saying, but the most important thing is that we love. We love. He said, you can be gifted, you can be anointed, but if you don't love other people, your gift don't mean much. How many know that what God gives us is for the serve, it's to serve one another? The gift I got, I want to I be a encouragement to you. I want to lift you up. You know, when I prepare to preach on Sundays, I'm not preparing for myself. I'm preparing for you. I mean, I get prepared, but, but I'm, I want to serve you the best that I can. He said, and though I bestow all my goods to the poor, and I feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. I'm going to right. That's just deep. He said, love suffers long. <laughs> some of you know it's hard to love some people. And it's kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. It bears all things, believe all things, it hopes all things, it endures all things. Love never fails. You can be as gifted as you are. You can be anointed. Because some of you are super anointed. I've seen you. Some of y'all just got anointing all over you. But make sure you mix it up with love. He's because if, if the gifts and the things that we have and how we serve one another, if love is not the inspiration behind it all, we miss God. God so loved the world that he gave. It starts, the foundation for ministry, everything we do starts with what? Love. You take love out of the equation, you got nothing. Nothing. So I trust that as we have studied this series, that maybe you have, uh, you've, you've, you've heard some things that kind of, and you sense where God is kind of leading you. That's the hope. And if you still are not sure about where God wants you and how he wants to use you, just pray and just be available. You know, be like Roland, or be like Edwin, you know, be like Larry, some others. Just be, okay, I'm ready. I serve. And guess what happened? You discover a gift because your gift is for you to build up. And you can't wait to help other people. You can't wait to love people. And God will use us mightily. Amen. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed.